And uh, tonight uh, we are going to talk about a topic and a theme which is not so popular. Uh, we are going to talk about failure. And uh, before we get to that, I just uh, have to share with you. Uh, I'm just going to try to switch now to the other mic, okay? Yellow mic it is. All right, so today we're going to talk about failure, but before we get to that, I just have to share a little bit with you. Uh, most of you know me, and uh, most of you know that I really like technology, and uh, I, I really like uh, you know, different stuff in terms of technology, but I also, I also really like Google. The reason for that is that I believe that uh, what they do is, is really good. Uh, they provide a lot of services and a, a lot of products for free. So I'm, I'm all for free. I don't know about you, but I like free stuff. And when it's a good product and a good service, you know, it doesn't cost us anything, but we can search the internet, we can search for information. But Google is, is much bigger than that. Our email, our calendar, everything goes to them and you, 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 you can use them for several different things. So I, know a lot, I don't know any, everything about them, but I believe that I know a lot about them. And what I learned the last couple of months ago was really surprising for me. I learned a couple of months ago that even a big company like Google, we are talking about billion dollars worth of profit, right? Lots of money. And even them, they fail sometimes. They, they, I, I'm assuming that they have a whole floor and the different departments just dedicated to do the research on what product to start, what, what applications to start up, what is the new idea, what they should take on. And they invest, I believe, millions and millions of dollars into just what, to be the, what should be the next step, what should they do next. And even so, after spending millions and millions of dollars, guess what? Some of their products and some of their applications and some of the, the things they offer, it still fails. Sometimes they, they can't even start selling them because they just realize that it's just not going to work out. And I was very surprised about that. If you think about that, when you are talking about millions and millions of dollars, you would think that they know what they are doing, right? But, but uh, uh, despite all the research and all the money, they still, they still manage that so, not everything, but some of their stuff fails. And uh, it just gave me a perspective. I believe that we, we have to obviously try to avoid fail, failure, but when it happens, we have to allow ourselves to fail because it helps us to succeed. When we allow ourselves to fail, it's going to help us to move on, it's going to help us to learn, and it, it's going to just help us to succeed. So in this case, failure can help us to succeed, and it's very interesting. Somebody said this once, that the freedom from failure, uh, uh, sorry, the freedom from the fear of failure is the freedom to grow. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I would like to grow. And I would like to make sure that I'm taking the right steps and I, I am growing. And as I was doing my research about failure, I read a lot of stuff and uh, some of that from, uh, it's coming from Rick Warren. So it, the things I'm going to share tonight, some of that is going to be familiar. It is from him. But when I did the research, it was, it was very, very good for me. It was liberating for me. 
Because I tend, I don't know about you, but I, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself before I make a decision. I want to make sure that the decision I make for my family, for my church, that it's going to have good implications. It's going to be the best for everyone in the church and in my family. Because when we make decisions, it's going to impact others around us. So I would put a lot of pressure on my shoulder. I would, I would pressure myself just to make sure that I make a good decision. For example, uh, as we plan for our church, we, we have uh, certain events. And, and uh, with Pastor Jeremy Kirby and Pastor Arnie and Amy, we would sit down and we would plan. And we would say, okay, which events should we have? When, when should we have these events? Or where should we have them? Should we rent a, a community center? Oh, the room might be too small. We don't want also it too big because then we are wasting money. If we are renting this one, then it might be too far so the people don't come. If the room is, doesn't have the kitchen, then guess what? People don't come. If it's on a Friday night or a Saturday morning where it's not convenient for people, guess what? People don't come. And, uh, and again, it's just always we try to make the best decisions. And uh, it was always, again, a lot of pressure on me. And as I am making the decisions, before the decisions, I, I tend to worry. I overthink things. And then as I am doing this, I second guess myself. Was that good? Was that really a good decision? Is this the way we really should go? And, and then after the, maybe something didn't go as I planned it, after that I wonder, oh, what should I have done? Or what could I have done differently? And again, it's just, obviously, it is just not always healthy. Yes, we have to take a look at it, but we have to allow ourselves to fail so we can succeed. Today we are going to talk about a guy named Peter. Peter was one of the disciples, and he's a well-known character in the New Testament. Uh, he was one of the, if not the most energetic, enthusiastic disciples of Jesus Christ. I believe that he was like the Pastor Jeremy in that group. You know, he was always the first to answer. He was always the first to do things. He always gave 120% of his time and energy to serve Jesus Christ as one of the disciples. Peter was always around and Peter was always doing his best to follow Jesus Christ. And then something happens. We are familiar with the story, you know, before or as they are taking Jesus away, uh, somebody recognized him and asked, oh, aren't you one of the disciples of Jesus Christ? And then uh, Peter, you know, would deny him. And, and that, that's, I believe, is a big failure on his behalf. He spent most of his uh, time, especially towards the end of Jesus' life with Jesus Christ, he was close to him. He was there to learn. He was there to serve. And then at the, at the very end of Jesus' life, he filled him three times. And uh, so I'm going to read from Luke uh, chapter 22, verse uh, 54 to 62. And uh, this is what the Bible says. So the, this uh, uh, part is about Peter denies Jesus. Luke chapter 22, verse 54. So they arrested uh, him and let him, oh, hold on, Luke chapter 22, yes, 54, sorry. So they arrested him and let him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. 
and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began start staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of, the, one of the Jesus' followers. But Peter denied. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I am not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard, weeping bitterly. I, I believe that as we see his emotions and I see how he reacts to Jesus' word, it really describes the whole situation. He, he failed Jesus and then he, he recognized that and then he just went away and then he was crying. Thankfully, his life and the story doesn't end here because uh, later on when Jesus uh, resurrected, he came back and then he appeared to the disciples. He's coming from the water and it's early in the morning and what, guess what did uh, Jesus do with them? He sat down and he started to eat breakfast with them, you know? Always around food, right? So Peter is there, and they are eating breakfast. And that's when uh, just uh, so something happens, and it's really important for us to see that. I'm going to read John chapter 21, verse 15. And this is at the breakfast when the resurrected Jesus asked Simon Peter. So after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know that I love you. Then, fe then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was heard that Jesus asked the question the third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And uh, I, I guess it is just so awesome to see that Jesus just didn't leave Peter to be as is. He would go after him. He would ask him and he would talk to him. And I think it is very significant that he didn't just ask him once. Do you love me? He asked him three times and it had a significance to it because Jesus wanted to remind Peter that I, rem I remember your failure, but guess what? It is in the past. We have to leave that behind. Use those failures and we can move on. And Peter was, it was liberating for Peter to experience that. And I believe that from Peter, again, and from his situation and from his failures, we can learn today. And the first thing I want to remind you is that failures can educate us. Failures can educate us. We usually think of failures as negative things, as bad things. And yes, we try to avoid them, but I believe we can use them. 
Wise people know how to take advantage of failure. They learn from it. And I believe that God can use these. One of the primary tools that God uses in your life to make you what he wants you to be is failure. And uh, we can use them as experiences. And one thing what I learned, which was really, really important, I think, is that some lessons can only be learned through failures. We can learn in so many different ways, all right? We can read, we can uh, hear, hear from somebody else, we can use their experience, but there are lessons, some lessons can only be learned through failure, and we have to be mindful of that. As I was thinking about this truth, uh, some of the, one of the biggest in, in inventors popped into my mind, uh, Thomas Edison. He was the one who was working on the light bulb. He was, uh, people try, uh, usually say that, that he invented it, which is partially true, but he was not actually the first guy who was working on the light bulb, but he was the one who invented the practical, the commercially practical light bulbs, meaning that it was cheap enough to produce and it had a long life enough so that people would buy it. But anyhow, let's just say he invented it and he was working on the light bulb. And uh, he had to put a lot of energy, a lot of time, and a lot of his money into doing the research. He had to use different techniques, different pressure in the bulbs, different materials, and he failed a lot. And this is what he said. This is one of his very famous quotes. It says that, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And I believe that this is a very, very good perspective. And I believe that as we live our lives as Christians, this is the perspective we need to have. We live our lives, we try to make good decisions, and most of the time we do make good decisions, but when we don't, we just have to look at it. How can we learn from this experience? How can this experience educate us and help us to move forward? And this is the, the enthusiasm. This is the way we need to take a look at our lives. We need this attitude if we would like to improve in every area of our lives. We just have to say, okay, uh, we just learned from this and we have to move forward. I believe that God can use failure to educate us. Moving on to the next idea, I believe that failures can motivate us. If you are not making any mistakes, it means you're not learning and you're not trying. And uh, it's really important for us to remember again that often we change when we feel the heat, not when we see the light. Meaning that when things are going well and go, things are going good for us, uh, we tend to not to have a, as good of a relationship with God when we experience the heat, when we experience the problems and the difficulties. At that time, we read more our Bibles, we cling to God, we nurture a better relationship with Him, and that's just our tendency, that's just the way we are created and we, are, we, we have a, a, the DNA in our bodies. And we have to watch out for that because I believe that failures can motivate us and uh, it is just very, very important. And again, often we change when we feel the heat, not when we see the light. Um, as I'm, I was talking about, I was thinking about motivation, all of a sudden athletes popped into my mind. 
Uh, I see athletes, how they are working out, how they are doing their best to achieve a goal. Let's say we talk about somebody who is running. They would say, okay, I'm going, I, I am running 400 meters and this is the goal I set. And then, and then, you know, he would or she would uh, practice and make sure everything he does or she does everything her best or his best to achieve that goal. But when he or she fails, he would say, okay, I, it's going to motivate me. I'm going to make sure that next time I run faster or I run further. And I believe that we, as Christians, we have to push ourselves. We have to push ourselves because we cannot settle for mediocre. We have to strive to be our best. You want a mediocre spiritual life? Guess what? You will get stuck. You will stagnate and you will not improve. It have to, we have to find ways how we can motivate us. And sometimes the, we, we use the good things, the good experiences. And I believe that we can use failures. Because I believe God can use failures to motivate us. And I think it's very important. Moving on to the next idea. I believe that failures can build our character. I mentioned this a little bit before. I believe that uh, many things can build our character. Experience, success, somebody's encouragement, learning, or somebody's help. But failure has to be in this, in this group. Failure is part of the, this area where uh, God can use that to build our, our character. This is what Romans 5, 3, and 4 says. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. And patience develops strength of character. I believe that here just this Bible scripture tells us so nicely that how, how, how problems and trials and failures can actually help us to develop a good character. I believe that failures can soften our hearts. I believe that failures make us sensitive to others, and it's very important. When we fail and when, when we see others fail, we are not as judgmental because we see, okay, when we were in a similar situation, guess what? We, 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 we failed as well. So it softens our heart, and it helps us not to be so judgmental of others. But in the other hand, I believe that it helps us to so... Uh, to be sympathetic toward others, because whatever they, they are going through, we can, uh, we can feel with them, and we know that what they are going through, and we can help them. So yes, failures can build our character, failures can soften our hearts, and help us to be sensitive towards others, because again, God uses failures to build our character. Moving on to the next idea, God can use failures to correct us. And uh, we really have to be careful here. Um, sometimes when, as we live our lives and as we try our best, I believe that sometimes when we fail and we try again and we fail again, that might be a situation when God is telling you and directing you to a different direction. I don't know uh, if you have experienced this before, but I, I, have, I have experienced this many times when I was just really wanted to do something, and no matter what I tried, it just didn't seem to work out. And there you are in a situation where, are, are you going to keep pushing? Are you going to keep trying? Or maybe it's just, this is one way of God telling you to move to a different direction. And I'm not telling you to give up. 
I'm telling you that you have to seek God's guidance. You have to be close to him and you have to uh, just stay in a good connection with him so he can tell you what to do. Because sometimes we, we keep pushing even when we should move on and sometimes we are not, uh, uh, we don't, we give up when we supposed to keep going. So we have to watch ourselves. We need wisdom from our Heavenly Father and I believe that as we draw uh, closer to him and as we uh, get in a good relationship with him he can reveal to us that he wants you to stay he wants you to go and because I believe God can use failures to correct us he can move us to a new direction and and if so we have to follow that whatever God tells us to do and then moving on to the to the next idea and last idea this uh, uh, might contradict what I said in point number four, but I believe that failures can happen, meaning that sometimes there is no reason, sometimes there is there is nothing behind it. Uh, sometimes we like like tend to think that oh it didn't work out because again God just didn't want it or didn't bless it, but sometimes I believe that uh, failures can happen and just because life happens. And we, we cannot spiritualize every single thing that happens around us. We cannot do that because that's not how life works. I was reminded in the story in the New Testament that there is Paul and he's on a boat and he's, uh, he's beside the island of Malta and then there is a big storm and then his uh, boat got uh, uh, wrecked and now he's on the water, he's on a piece of wood and he's just trying to survive. And he's there and he's, he, he, he's asking himself, why is this happening to me? And then God reveals himself to him and says that there was no reason for this. It just happened. And then Paul is like, that's right. There, there is nothing to be worried about. Sometimes just failure happens for no reason. So again, I'm going back to the same point in point number four. We have to have wisdom from God to figure out if failure happens for what reason. Is God telling you to move on? Or maybe this is just something happens because life happens to us. We need, we need God guidance. And I believe that he can reveal us his answer. So today, uh, again, we talked about failure. That how failure can help us. How failure can build our character. How failure can motivate us. And how failure can educate us. And at last, I just have a question for you. And I would like to encourage you. Think back to one of the worst, one of your worst failures you ever had. What did you learn from it? Did you learn anything at all? Or did you just try to, you know, lock it away, put it under the rug and move forward? Because I believe again that God can use these failures for us to move on. God wants you to learn from it. God wants to teach you. So I, again, think back to one of your worst failures what did you learn from it? And if you didn't learn anything, maybe this is a time to take a look at that time. And uh, I believe that God can reveal something awesome to you. I just would like to ask you now to please stand and uh, let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that uh, you have been communicating to us. We are so thankful that uh, you can use every area in our, in our lives to help us to move forward. And today, as we were talking about failure, Heavenly Father, that uh, obviously, with your help, we are trying to avoid it. 
but we believe that you can use it for a greater good. We believe that you can use it uh, to help us to move forward. Heavenly Father, I just would like to pray that you would give us the wisdom, that you would give us the guidance, that you would just help us to see what is your will in, in everything that happens in our lives. Heavenly Father, I just would like to pray for, for today. We believe that this is a special day, Sunday, when we celebrate your son, Jesus Christ. And it's so good to see that uh, even though uh, people failed around Jesus Christ, he was able to fulfill his mission and he was able to bring us closer to you. And we are so thankful for that. Heavenly Father, I just would like to pray that you would uh, bless us, that you would be with us, that you would bless our churches we represent here this evening. And we just pray uh, again an extra special uh, prayer for our families that you would protect them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.